I had the most absurd nightmare. I was poor and no one liked me. I know what you're thinking. You see Paul getting bad? We can make it, baby! Me and you! Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy are trading places. Oh. Help! Help! Hey, I don't want your bag, man. Help! 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 I'll bet that that man could run our company as well as your young Woodthorpe. Are we talking about a wager, Randolph? Is there a problem, officer? This is the Blockbuster Hall of Fame. Jared last week suggested we watch a movie called Trading Places. Takes place in the 80s. It is Dan Aykroyd. It is Eddie Murphy. And they trade places. I think that's the best summary I can come up with. <laughs> um, hey, so this was actually a really pleasant surprise. I, I, I actually like this movie a lot. What did you guys think? Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it, definitely. Um, I know you had sent us a message uh, last night, kind of a bit worried about it as you were in it the first 20 minutes. And then as I was watching the first 20 minutes, I was like, Oh no, <laughs> but this movie turned a hard corner and it just was actually turned out to be really, really good. It was a good surprise. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't as laugh out loud, hilarious, but for a 1982 movie, it was very, very smart. It sucks that it's, it still holds true in 2020. A lot oh, of yeah. this stuff. It's like, damn. Yorton, what'd you think? Yeah, same thing. Uh, I uh, enjoyed the movie. I was very well aware of like that. Yes, it starts out one way and then it turns, and it's like, oh yeah, th- this is a problem. It it <laughs> d- does a lot of the uh, cliches and everything, making you think the people are are uh, good and everything, and then it turns out. No, these people are actually scum. Yeah, they're terrible people. <laughs> you don't want to be these people. <laughs> that you think um, like the yuppies? They hit the yuppies hard in this movie. Oh yeah. So hey, this is a weird thing to bring up, but it happened yesterday. Um, it has nothing to do with this movie, but I think we're all very big James Bond fans. So I figure before we dive into this movie, we uh, just say something about Sean Connery, who died yesterday in his sleep in the Bahamas probably with beautiful women around him like a man right so um <laughs> i don't even know what to say except that like the best bond just died you know it's sad because I've, I've seen his movies like probably like each each of his movies probably at least six times the, the james bond movies and i know we're all huge bond fans so i just figured we'd all just say something small real quick before we move on uh you know it was um just sad to hear. Uh, obviously, really liked his movies. Um, not even just like just the James Bond movies. I thought he was a pretty good actor. Um, even in one of his worst film roles, The uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I still enjoyed him in that movie. Um, so it's just like I, I enjoyed him every time he popped up on screen. You know, he did The Highlander. Oh, the yeah, Rock. I love Highlander. Yeah, Highlander is just uh, an enjoyable cheese fest. The Rock. Um, which was on my um, Mount Rushmore for Michael Bay, like just a fantastic movie. I yeah, I just thought he was a fantastic actor. Everything he did, um, and it's one of those things. I'm kind of glad he got out when he did, 
uh, Canada acting because I would have just hated to see him pick up those paycheck roles as his career went on um, to like sort of sully sully his image in my mind. Mm-hmm. Jordan, yeah, for me that was uh, the big thing that was <clears throat> with the Bond movies because I mean ever since I've remembered being very little i loved like james bond marathons that would come on tv and everything well he's not my favorite bond he is definitely up there and i love him as bond <laughs> yeah i would say he's but, i would say he's the best bond but he's probably my second favorite bond you know um i don't know best and favorite are very different um yeah he and, is the originative bond so you always have to give him credit for bringing that out yeah, and anytime, so I read the books, I'm like almost done with them, and I just, it's it's hard to picture anybody else except for him when I'm reading the books, you know? All yeah, right. and like Jared was saying with uh, the League of Extorted Gentlemen, which was his last movie that was made, believe it or not, uh, I, I liked his part in it. Not the best of movies, but I definitely enjoyed the part that he played in it. Yeah, that's not a good movie at all, but <laughs> he's never bad in it. Okay. Yeah, that, no, that's just what we're saying. Like he could um, take on like just terrible movies and do such a good job. So it's just a testament to him. Um, and like I said, as he was aging, his obviously his acting was potentially going to decline. And so I didn't want him to pick up like bad movies, like *Leave Extraordinary Gentleman*, and slowly become a bad actor at the same time. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, and that's the- what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just glad he went out on that on that one. Um, and he's in one of my favorite movies that we have here on the podcast with the Hunt for the Red October. Let's do that. Let's go over our favorite movie that he's in. So that's yours, Hunt for Red October. Jared, what's his, What's your favorite movie that he's in? Um, it's kind of a tie between Highlander and The Rock. I like the Highlander because it's just like fantasy cheese fest. It's so good. Uh, it's so good, but then The Rock is actually like a serious movie. That's like actually good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's actually a good movie. So it's a tie between those two. So it's kind of like what you said, the best and favorite. <laughs> one of, like, yeah, it's one true. Of those, so. I'm with uh, From Russia With Love. I think that's my favorite and his best movie. Um, okay, let's go back to this movie. Let's talk about Eddie Murphy real quick. I don't know about you guys, but I honestly, like my experience with Eddie Murphy is from like 93 on. I don't have. Oh, you no. don't know the 80s. I mean, I know then. he was in a lot of high profile stuff and he was hilarious and funny. It just, I never watched a stand up. He always made me laugh, but I never watched a stand up. I never saw his movies in the 80s. You know, I was more like a nutty professor uh, and Dr. Doolittle Eddie Murphy guy. So I got him in the in this family friendly movie stage of his career. And so it was really cool seeing him in like peak Eddie Murphy doing his best Eddie Murphy where he's like freaking hilarious and a great actor at the same time. Right. So what's your experience with Eddie Murphy, y'all? Uh, start, your, uh, we'll just start with you. Okay. For me, um, now my mind's going blank, but the cop movies, that was always what I remember. Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's the big thing I always remember Eddie Murphy. And for me, what I think of when I think of Eddie Murphy. And then, of course, his 80s stand-up comics and uh, comedy and Saturday Night Lives that he did. So this this movie felt good to come back to because it's like yes this is Eddie Murphy like at his best and what he's good at where he's like brings thought provoking and pushes the limits and then makes you think at the end yeah it's like a reminder oh yeah this is why he's so beloved cool uh, Jared what you got 
Uh, I actually loved his stand-ups. Um, when I was a kid, I used to always watch uh, the one he's in the red suit. Uh, what is that? Raw. <laughs> Eddie Murphy Raw. Yeah. And it's just hilarious. Um, and it's so funny because uh, he has a bit in there where he's talking about like how um, white people go to the polls and vote for somebody as a joke. Um, and that's very poignant in 2020 mm-hmm. because a lot of people voted for the current president in 2016 as a joke. Oh, he can't win. I'm going to vote for him as a joke. And then obviously the last four years. Here he's, we are. Um, yeah. So no, it's just very funny. He said that like in 1987 and it still rings through in 2016. Uh, so no, it's just like, he, he's very, very woke. And this movie was very, very woke. I was not expecting it. I was expecting, you know, like, 48 hours, another 48 hours, like Beverly Hills Cop. Like, I've seen all of those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very hilarious. Um, you know, he just, he's just, he was just a force, man. He could do no wrong up until, uh, well, we know, um, <laughs> up yeah. until the well, let's talk late about 90s. That. His career kind of just stopped, right? Or actually, not even the late 90s. It was in the 2000s when it, Took a downturn. It, it went down, and then he had a little blip with Norbit, which is panned, but people love that movie. And then it just kind of disappeared. It's weird. And it reminds me of... So, uh, I'm a huge, huge SNL like fan. I, I love the history of it. I love the stories behind the scenes. And just, I go back to that David Spade joke he had when he was on the, the news desk at SNL, and he said he had a picture of... Eddie Murphy, and he said like something along the lines of, "Hey kids, make a wish. It's a falling star," and <laughs> it made Eddie Murphy so upset that he refused to come back on ever. And the last time he came on was the first time he came on in like four, in like I don't know, like twenty years, and it was on the fortieth anniversary of SNL, the special. And he just kind of said, "Hey y'all, thank you for having me." He didn't. He wasn't. He didn't even make a joke. He was just like, "I'm here. Here's. I did my piece." Like he was still affected by that one joke that David Spade made. And I don't know. Um, I kind of went to the there. I mean, the last movie he made was Dolomite Is My Name. It was Emmy-nominated, so he did a very good job in that one. Um, I did not watch it. Um, But then he also was in Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls is the one I was thinking of. I forget about that. Yeah, which was another uh, not like heavily nominated film from Emmys and Oscars. So, I mean, those are like two of his films that he was – but Very good in. Are recently. those Eddie Murphy led movies, or are they just movies that kind of happen to have Eddie Murphy in them? Oh, uh, Dolomite is my name. Is uh, I've seen the trailer for it, and I again I haven't watched the movie, but based on the trailer, it's Eddie Murphy like returning to form. Okay, because I know Dreamgirls. I haven't seen it, but from what I know of it, it's it's more of like oh Eddie Murphy's in this. It's not like an Eddie Murphy led vehicle, you know. Yeah, and like I said, looking at his um, movie list right now, and he doesn't really take a downturn until like 2001, and then it just goes all the way down. He does Doctor Doolittle two, which is obviously nowhere near as good as the first one. Then he follows it up. I'm just joking. (laughs) Uh, Then he just follows it up with Showtime, Pluto Nash, I Spy, Daddy Daycare, and he's just Haunted Mansion. He just goes down, and Shrek are the only movies like helping his career at that time. (laughs) <laughs> the Shrek movie, so he was. It's just like, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, oh no, no, I'm just saying like, when it hits, because right before he made uh, Doctor Doolittle two, he made, well, obviously Shrek, Nutty Professor two, 
take it or leave it. But like Bowfinger is actually a really funny movie. Yeah. And is. so then he hits Bowfinger like at the peak of the mountain. And then he just takes a complete no. If we take away the Shrek movies, he's just nose diving immediately after Bowfinger. Yeah. It's just so wild. Like usually it's a steady decline, but no, he literally just like swan dives off of the mountain. Well, here's the thing. He was known as just like, if you want to make a lot of money, put Eddie Murphy in your movie. And it worked for so long. And then Pluto Nash happened. And it kind of just ruined the trajectory of his career, right? Because it oh, just, yeah. it was, it was, he was treading water for a bit. And then it was just like, oh shit, Pluto Nash. And then it's just downhill from there. Um, but like I said, here's the thing though, I, I will say with Eddie Murphy though, is with, or just comedians in general, it, it's long, it's really, really hard for comedians and in, in movies and stuff to have a career past like 15 years, let's say. On it. Can you really think of any comedian styles that stay on top for that long? No, because you're right. And it's the fact that he lasted as long as he did is just amazing. And the fact that, like, look, he was, he wasn't just funny. Like, he was legit great. He was great. And he was great for like a decade at least. So, like, and there's, oh, yeah, no, we're ahead, not taking sorry. anything away from him. It's just like, yeah. I just want to point People out, like, on. this is what happens to all the comedians. Not, it's not just Eddie Murphy. It's just, and you're right because you know hard who, to stay on. You top. know who my Eddie Murphy was when I was growing up? It was Chris Tucker, or yeah. Chris Rock, right? And now it seems like then Dave Chappelle took over, and it really seems kind of just weird that they were like, "Well, who's the next black comedian?" It's like it's just weird to think of it like that. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, we have Kevin Hart to lean on right now. But no, I was just going to sure. say that, like, he made 48 Hours, his first movie in 1982. And then his most recent film, again, was Dolomite Is My Name last year, which was Emmy nominated. So that's just mm-hmm. a testament from 1982. He still held a career all the way to 2019. And then his last film, again, Emmy nominated for Best um, Comedy Slash Musical. So, I mean, that's just insane. Yeah, that's insane. You lose steam, but you can't lose talent. And he just is talentless. He's just the most talented person. Yeah, like. and so that 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 part's just just <laughs> insane. So I, yeah, as Jordan was saying, it's very hard for a comedian to stay on that top. But I mean, he fell off, but he's like you said, Ray. His talent is still there, and I mean, he obviously made one of the greatest comedies of all time in Coming to America. So he can honestly do no wrong in my book. Well, Yorton, what did you like about this movie? Uh-oh, Yorton oh, muted. Oh, 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 hold on. Yorton was muted. I have to take a drink. Here we go. <laughs> All right, take a drink. But, what I was going to say, though, watching this movie really makes me want to see Coming to America too. Or, Well, they're, they're coming out with the second one. It's actually in post-production right now, but the original Coming to America. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it Just ever, be- so that'd be a good one for me. Are you serious? Look, man, I don't need to hear it from you and my wife. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Hold on. Stop the pod. Stop the pod. Ray, Ray Sweat. Seriously, say that one more time. I have never seen Coming to America. Oh, my God. That's universally, like... I know. Considered one of the greatest comedies ever made. It's on my list of movies that when I say I haven't seen it, people freak out. And no, Avatar, that's, that's definitely one of them because it's only an hour and 30 minutes. It's like you're in and out, you know, in and out. There's a few movies that were on my list like that where I just kind of refused to see them because of how mad people got when I told them that. Avatar was one of those movies and Yorton sat me down 
in his in our old college place and was like, watch this movie. It's like, fine, I'll watch this movie. And um, <laughs> I don't know. So I have that'd be a fun list to make movies. Like, just think about come up with like four or five movies that you haven't seen that everyone freaks out about that you haven't seen. Oh, we should. Um, that that be could fun. be our one of our next things that we do. Yeah, we'll come <laughs> we'll figure something out. Well, Yorton, what did you like about this movie? Like I said, Oof, it had a very clear mean. what type of story it was going to have on them. And I at first when you reacted like that, I thought I was muted there. <laughs> I thought you were too because you took a while to answer. I was like, oh no. No, I was I'm just trying to get my thoughts together on it. And it was just very aware of the comedy of what the situation is. And it's a comedy that it still holds light. It sti- still has the same situation and problems. And it's just basically about how is the person that you are based off of the way you're uh, grown up and the resources that you have, or is it genetics? And it's, are you pre-proposed to live a life that way? It's the wokest movie of the eighties and probably still the wokest movie today. Like it's crazy. <laughs> like I can't believe it's still relevant today. And this movie was made when 1983, 1983. Yep. I wasn't even born. The year I was born. I wasn't even born. <laughs> Think about that. It's it's yeah. nuts. Um, Jared, you want to add on to that? Anything that you like? I mean, about no. I mean, obviously, um, being a black man <laughs> uh, watching what? this movie. I mean, really? I remember, podcasting is not a visual hey, turn medium. Turn your camera so on. Let me see. <laughs> so again, if we do have new listeners, shout out new listeners. Uh, Jared is a black man. Um, so no, just watching this movie and like it's everything I preach till I'm blue in the face. Um, it's just like people always say success is like how hard you work or where you're like you just got to keep doing it. You got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You got to do that. But it's just like. No matter how much you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, people are always going to have it better than you just because of the situation they were born in, the situation mm-hmm. they were given, things like that. So, I mean, so many like businesses out there, people start with like a leg up already. And they always tell you like, well, go to college, you'll be able to earn it. And then it's like, I go to college, I get a degree, I go to more college, I get another degree, I have two degrees, but now I'm in immense debt because no one paid for college for me. I had nobody to do that for me, so it was like I pulled myself above my bootstraps, I was able to move out of my small town, live in the big city, live pretty much downtown, but it's just like I'm still like mm-hmm. disadvantaged because of where I came from. And this movie hits on all of those notes, and it's just great because it's just like, at the very beginning of the movie, they make the bet. They were like, hmm, let's see. Let's switch places and see if it turns out like that. And then they put Eddie Murphy <laughs> in that same role, and he just shines even more. And it's just yeah. like, it's just all about having the advantage or having those options. So that's why, I mean, that's one of my things I always preach. I always preach, like, we need to be more equitable. And this movie made in 1983 <laughs> shows that, hey, let's be more equitable. And now in 2020, I'm saying, hey, let's be more equitable. In the same exact way this movie showed us that they're over almost 30 years ago. Uh, I like with the fact with this movie, even when Eddie Murphy hits that top part, he 
pretty much forgets where he comes from and everything until the two guys were talking about the bet and everything. Mm -hmm. Because when he comes and says about, oh, I pulled myself up and everything like that, it's like, no, you had guys helping you and get you to where you are. You're good. And yes, you, uh, you have abilities and stuff, but you still have the resources around you that elevated you and made you make money, basically. So, And then he got reminded that from when that when they're in the bathroom talking about the bet um some of my notes i had i had some negative notes early on where i was like man there's not one single black employee in this building except for the driver right and then as the movie kept going on i was like oh that's on purpose like i was like oh it's doing this to say a message i thought it was just like yeah stereotypical 80s movie casting i was like man put a brother in there put some put anyone put an asian a hispanic anything just there's just a bunch of white people go ahead the the doorman they they did have the uh black man they had the doorman and and the the waiter uh, yeah where, where he got tipped the dollar and then uh one of the cops and uh, when they went to go chase but, down Eddie Murphy and everything. And that was my complaint. It's like, you couldn't give them an office job? It was like, but then I realized, oh, it, it's doing this on purpose that's to help part it's of yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a commentary, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. just like, that's so wild because that was the way that it was um, back then. And it sort of still is now. Maybe there's probably about one or two in that position, maybe a woman in there as well. But it's still just like, like politics and you know, Wall Street is dominated by white males and it's been that way since the start of the US and it's still dominating the ways now. Um, obviously you can see from our current president, you don't have to be qualified um to be the president of the United to be the face of the free world. You don't even be qualified. You can be a, a businessman who routinely fails. Um and you can be a judge who has a resume that you can put on a post-it note, sit on the highest court in the land. Um, so you don't even have to be qualified at certain points. So it's it, it's just wild to see. Well, something. And, so you just said oh, you just got political. So I'm going to add something else into it, and we, I guess we'll keep it in, and we'll lose followers or keep them, whatever. I don't care. Um, but there was something that Jared Kushner just said recently within the last week that made me go, "God damn, what the hell?" Like this is what people think. Like in these positions, he said something. He was asked about like black unemployment and he said oh, something oh yes where he yes said, like yes. look donald trump can't want black people to be more successful than they want to be successful and i was like you motherfucker like this is what you think like this is this is what they think because they're so never mind we're getting off topic um is well, there... i mean like current what you were saying like it does fit in the themes with the movie it does uh it, it does fit in the themes of the movie so i mean i like I mean, I so listeners, I did not pick this movie because I didn't know it was gonna be a good political statement. I was just like, "Hey, Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy in the '80s cannot go wrong with those two comedians." That's literally the only reason why I picked it. But it turns out this movie hits every single note we needed to hit with the election coming up on Tuesday, uh, November third. So um, you'll be listening to this hopefully November second. Um, but no, I'm just saying, like it's so wild. I did not plan this. I'm sorry, guys. I did not plan this. But it's like this movie was just awesome. In that sense, it was just really awesome. In that sense, and I like I was just very surprised by it. You know, it's funny, Jared. When you picked this movie, I was like, oh man, we're going to have a lot of hot takes here with this movie. <laughs> 
There is no way you can talk about this movie without bringing politics. It's really hard. I honestly thought you did that on purpose. No, like, I oh. did not. I had no idea. Like I said, I saw the director. I, he, does, he does like 80 comedies. Um, you know, the director does 80 comedy, 80s comedies. And then, you know, we just had Eddie Murphy, Dane Aykroyd. And I was like, there is like, this is like the, the B team version of, uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. So I was like, mm. okay, cool. We'll do this because it's the early eighties. And so Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor were like dominating the early eighties, late seventies. So I was just like, okay, cool. We'll get the B team in this one when, when the, as they're getting their start. And yeah, that's what I was thinking. And that's, I mean... And- that's what we got, but we got a whole lot of those. <laughs> and here's what's funny is, like, from Ray's first in, uh, watching the movie, and he sent that text out. And I basically was like, hey, don't worry about it. Keep watching it. You'll see what it is. No, you get real quiet when I explain myself. And you're like, you get the text at the end of the movie. You're like, you'll figure it out. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to be. Because, it like I said, it's been a while since I saw the movie. It's been probably about 20 years. But I clearly remember this movie of being like, yes, this movie's very aware and mm-hmm. is very uh, relates to the situations. So, uh, before we move on to stuff that we maybe didn't like as much, is there anything you want to add to things you did like before we move on? Uh, I definitely liked, um, it was like the comedy was smart. It wasn't like, like I said, I didn't laugh out loud that much during this movie. Um, with a lot of uh, Eddie Murphy's other movies, I I felt like this one was like, since it was dealing with other stuff, I thought it was very smart and it, it almost feels like a moderate, like it feels like an Adam McKay movie. Mm -hmm. It kind of does. Yeah. because the way they explain everything and the way they break it down and the way they make satire out of things that are supposedly too smart. And it just felt like, holy hell, this is an Adam McKay movie. This is like the big short. This is like the other guys. Because he always makes comedy out of like Ponzi schemes or he makes comedy out of like, you know, the housing market falling. So it's just things like that. And it's just like, holy hell, this was an Adam McKay movie made in the early 80s. So, no, I just really love that and the way that they explained everything the whole way. And it's just like, you guys know how I hate exposition, but this like this is the type of movie that does exposition right mm-hmm. or explains things the correct way. So, like I said, like that's why I really love what Adam McKay's movies because he does exposition in the right way, like within the storytelling. And so it's just like, I just thought that was awesome. So I want to ask something real quick. That has nothing to do with what you just talked about. You made great points. I'm sorry. But I'm on IMDb, <laughs> and I'm looking at the yeah. cast, and <laughs> I started laughing because here I'm going to list. They have the actors next to the character names. I'm going to list three character names in a row, okay? Do-Rag Lenny, Big Black Guy, Even Bigger Black Guy. This is their official Do-Rag Lenny. <laughs> Do-Rag Lenny. There you go. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, uh, but yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to like show on your point. That's a great point, and everything you said is absolutely correct, and I agree with you. Um, now let's talk about some stuff that maybe, I don't know, like, how do y'all feel about Dan Aykroyd? What are your hot takes on Dan Aykroyd? Jordan, you go first. For me, uh, Dan Aykroyd, for his comedy, you have to enjoy sort of like the deadpan humor. 
he's got a very certain type of style of humor. And if you can't get sold on the deadpan humor, you're just going to look at him and be like, you're not making me laugh. I like deadpan humor, but for some reason, he, the only reason, the only times I enjoy him are when I watch a movie and I'm like, oh yeah, this reminds me of the eighties and SNL and all this stuff. And it's fun to go back and ghostbusters. But like, I just don't, usually I don't enjoy his performance in movies. He's just, I don't, there's something about him. I don't know. It's a personal thing, I think. What about, Jared, am I, <laughs> am I crazy here or are you all about I, Dan Aykroyd? I mean, no, like, I think Jordan literally hit the nail on the head. You have to enjoy his style of humor. Like I said, I enjoy his style of humor. I enjoy the deadpan humor um, because of every time he delivers it, it's just funny because it's just like, this guy is actually like laugh out hilarious, but he's going to deliver very monotone and then stare at you to get you to laugh. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it works because I'm just like, that's hilarious. And so like, I mean, I don't know, like he's not for everybody I get, um, but he, he's a lead actor in Ghostbusters. So Para, I'll say <laughs> this. He's kind of like Teflon to me again. Yeah. He's never made me laugh like him himself. He's not. Okay. I lied. On the 40th anniversary special, when he did his whole, he redid his whole bit on SNL where he like is showing off his his grinder and he puts a, a fish in there and he grinds it and it. I don't know. He's made me laugh a couple times on SNL, but in movies, he's never made me laugh. I, there is a deep cut movie, uh, Nothing But Trouble, 1991. Okay. It was critically panned because it's really, really just dumb. It's with Chevy Chase um, is in there. Um, John Carlin and of course uh, Dan Aykroyd. It's a very deep cut movie. I I say everybody watch it at least one time, and he's just hilarious in that movie. Uh, I grew up watching that movie, Nothing But Trouble, and he's hilarious in it. So it's just like I grew up with him. I grew up with his deadpan humor. So I mean, I like him. Um, one of my favorite movies by him is uh, Dragnet as well. He's really good in that one. And of course, like I said, Ghostbusters, man. I know. Ghostbusters Drag is untouchable. Drag Dragnet is another one that I found later on. And it, uh, it was like, oh, why did I not do it, know this? And enjoyed it. It's quite funny. And they even did a rap. But the rap's so bad, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they meant for it to be just horribly bad. You gotta Google it at some point, though, because it's absolutely just... Okay. You can't have words on how bad it is. I want to talk about the frat boys singing to the girls and how cringy that was. Oh, yes. Yes. I turned to my wife and I said, how dry are you right now? <laughs> and she just started laughing. <laughs> that is... I, 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 <laughs> like I said, this movie utterly annihilates 80s yuppies in this movie. It's just like, you do not want to be a yuppie at all. Oh, my gosh. This thing was so funny. That was so funny. I was laughing. So at first when they started singing, I was like, what? What? Really? And then they kept going. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, I'm into this. This is so really? damn funny. Oh, I no, didn't no, find no, it I, funny at all. I found it cringy. Oh, no. It was so funny. I mean, well, probably that's why Hold I found on. it funny because it was so cringy. He's muted, so I have to take a drink. All right. Well, I we got some more. I was going to say it was like the reason why he's laughing is how cringy it is. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. what I'm saying. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, he didn't think they were doing a good... No, he... Oh, no, heavens no. I mean, they could sing. Good for them. But, like, the whole idea that this is impressing the women around them is like, oh, my God. Please, someone go try this in real life and see how this works. You know? 
It just, it's so, ugh, it was cringy. Um, by the way, my wife sent me a text just now. She said, hold on, what she, she said, you said Dan Aykroyd's not funny? She heard me through the wall. Um, <laughs> good. Um, so that's today's hot take for this series right it's here. A, it's a, it's a not a take. funny man. Um, what was with the orange crops news alert? I don't think the news is reporting on orange crops. I just don't think that's going to happen. If business stuff like that, they report on stuff like but that. But it was like, and, yeah. and breaking news, we have the orange crop on C-SPAN deliver a suitcase. This is like C-SPAN news that they're watching, and then like the business news network and stuff. Okay, whatever. I'll give you that one. Now we got to talk about the real issue. We got blackface, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not that a great that was a tough look for my guy Dan Aykroyd. That that blackface was. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna throw him under the bus here. You know, you, you do what the director says, and it was a different time. But <laughs> I think now they wouldn't do that. No, uh, they definitely not do that now. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was when he walked in. When he walked in with that Rastafarian hair and the blackface, I was like, I, I actually sat up and said, "Oh no," because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I didn't know this. I didn't know about that. And so when I saw him walking in, I, I literally sat up and said, "Oh you were no!" Like, I was having no. such a good time until this, until you did this, you especially because Eddie Murphy came in uh, as a transfer student from Cameroon. So hilarious! <laughs> so hilarious! And here comes Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> in blackface and I'm like oh it. no <laughs> I'm like please no Dan not like this the last thing I want to when I saw that come up I was definitely like well we're definitely <laughs> going to be talking about this in the <laughs> podcast this uh, yeah. yeah so listeners blackface is never okay <laughs> um okay <laughs> I just think of Jimmy Kimmel doing Carl Malone and I'm laughing but I don't think Jimmy Kimmel would do that anymore um alright um, my last thing that I was like, it's it's kind of like, I didn't like it. It's a negative, but it, like I did like it. I don't know how to describe it. This movie took a weird turn with the whole eight plot line. All of a sudden, there's a gorilla. Oh, yeah, that, like I mean, I, part of the story. I thought that I thought that was pretty funny. I did too, I, but I was like, okay, now we're focusing on two gorillas. Okay, what's going on here? And the whole plot depends on putting someone <laughs> in a gorilla suit. It just felt weird. I was like, "Oh, I didn't." I if you would have told me that a gorilla would have played into the plot of this movie, I would have said, "I bet you a hundred dollars it doesn't." And here we are. Uh, no, I, th- I mean, I think you're right. I would have never guessed it, but I think they pulled it off well. It was like out of, on the party train. That was like, I mean, it was just that that entire train like sequence was just out of left field, but funny and also like fit in with the story and. I don't know. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I so it's a party part. train that also transfers large mammals. <laughs> it totally fits in with the story. I get you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> party train. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about that you maybe didn't like as much as you wanted to in this movie? Um, definitely um, the use of the F word um, like at the that. beginning. Of the- that made me laugh every time. <laughs> I just, oh, we're talking about the same F word. Oh no, we aren't. Yeah, he, the one, the yeah, one right, that right. we cannot say. Yeah, the one that. Yeah, we won't say in this. You're right. I forgot about that word. Yeah. <laughs> did Did my brain blink on that, or did I have a? No, he because it was only it was only at the beginning. He said it twice at the beginning. He said when it when he got bailed out of jail. He said it in the limo yeah. when he was like 
when he got bailed out and he like he's talking to the driver like these two he he's like are these two you know that word yeah and, i i know exactly what scene you're talking about with that i just did not remember him saying and then yeah he said it again so, like he was did in you the guys jacuzzi. watch it on oh, amazon right. yeah Hmm. Different time, okay. man. Maybe I just ignored it or something. There. Yeah, I mean, like at that time, that word was acceptable. Um, but like, it's just like, it's the anytime I hear that word, it's just I still cringe. Um, I because it's just like, I mean, it's kind of like that one. It's kind of like the thing now when I watch movies and I see people in large gatherings without masks. I'm just like, wait. They're not wearing masks. Then I think this movie was made in the early 90s. And I'm like, my brain, 2020 has broken my brain. (laughs) Um, So, no, it's like one of those things. It's just like I I pulled to like, you know, today's time. And so when I hear it, it's just like it's still it's still current. So, I mean, like, yeah, different time Um, again with a black face, like can't do it now. Never should do it. Never should even think about it. Um, But I mean, I don't like knock the movie for those things i don't like oh this movie sucks because of those two things it's just like there's those are things we do have to speak on and it's the same reason we can enjoy the old bond movies it's like they're just products of their time you know you can like we can push it to the side and enjoy the story without it you know um yeah and i think i think the main thing about it it's just like as we're going to be commenters on those movies and talking about them yeah we have to it's it's our obligation to speak on those things that like Oh yeah, while we did enjoy this movie, it did have some things that are not cool for today's standards that we don't agree with for today's standards. So it's just like, yeah, we can still watch the movie, still enjoy it, but those are still things that like it is our duty since we're making these podcasts to speak on them. So it's just like we're not gonna like knock the movie for like, oh no, blackface, but we're gonna bring up the dialogue like why it's not okay. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. I, we won't spend too much time on it because I feel I feel like everyone kind of gets it, you know, like. Oh no, not spending. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. We're not going like, to spend time on it. Yeah, like, we do have to mention like, it. We're going to talk. It's about just it. something we'll that had to been stated. <laughs> yeah, and we'll make jokes about it. That's that's what we do here. Um, okay. Did y'all see the Rocky statue? Yes. Like, Shout oh, out Rocky statue in Philly. Um, they, they got the. I love that we're in the 80s where 80K a year makes you rich. I think that's awesome. Can we go back to the 80s, please? Um, I was not expecting be- titties. Were you guys expecting? <laughs> oh, there were, there were a lot. And hey. 80s comedy, man. Amy's comedy, man. You always got them going. Everything is horny. Everything's horny. That's, that's the theme of this month. Just horny. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but... When we get to my movie pick, I don't think we'll have any of that. <laughs> when we get to my movie pick, we're going to have a lot of it. That's all I'm going to Oh, pick. no. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yo, who knew? <laughs> who hey. knew? Hey. Even my she wife goes, you know what's funny? She was I didn't, packing. At first, I didn't even realize it was Jamie Lee Curtis when she had that wig on, and then she took off the wig, and my really? head did like a sideways turn. I'm like, that's Jamie Lee Is Curtis. That long for you? Wow. Yeah, I I completely state that I was an idiot, but, but <laughs> I was man, completely she surprised. Was like in shape, that's what I'll say. She was very in shape for this movie. Body, that's for sure. There. Um, and also, why is Eddie Murphy wearing a sweater on the beach at the end? <laughs> it's, okay, so that wasn't just me. That wasn't my random notes. It's a good thing you brought that up. 
And Dan Aykroyd's in a sweater on the boat in the same scene. What's going on here? Is it like, is this is it cold? If it's cold, why are you at the beach? I don't get it. Um, what other notes do you guys have before we go into the categories here? Um, I I love the uh, the phones and the cars. They were so old <laughs> that phones. I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> the the car phones. Anytime I get a good car phone, I gotta mention it. Uh, I know we had another movie um, that we reviewed that I called that I shouted out the car phone. So I just love car phones it had to because be a Jack it's just Ryan like, movie. yeah, because I'm just like, oh, it was a Jack Ryan movie. It was a uh, clear and present danger. Um, but every time I see a car phone, I'm just like, that was really a thing. <laughs> that was really a thing. Car phones. My so, dad yeah, had a car no. with a car phone once. I remember it. Whenever you shout out, yeah, my my dad. Shout out car phones. I, I grew up with the old car phones, and then the little brick, like literally like the old looking walkie talkie cell phones that you'd see in all the rapper movies oh, or videos. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah. Oh, let's talk about let's talk about some of these these random people who show up. You got Al Franken, Senator Al Franken. Let me put the senator <laughs> on his name. He was for the longest time was the lead writer in SNL. Um, we have Jim Belushi showing up in the movie mm-hmm. dressed as a giant oh, yeah. gorilla and, oh God, I'm going to mispronounce the name, Giancarlo Esposito. Oh yeah. Out of love, nowhere. Love, love Gus Fring. <laughs> love some Gus Fring. He was, he was in this. I don't think he said a word, but you know, he's in it. Got to shout him out. Um, uh, and of course the biggest shout out. Frank Oz, baby. What? Yes, oh, Frank sorry. Oz. When I saw, when I saw him booking in the police station, I'm like, that guy looks so familiar. Why do I know him from Star Wars? Because he's not like any Star Wars <laughs> character. And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh yeah, that's Frank Oz. Because I always see him from like you know the red carpets or like different conventions. So I like I know him as like Yoda. But it's just like when I saw him in this movie, I'm just like, oh yeah, he's a normal actor as well. <laughs> it was like I forgot about that. I was like, oh yeah. So anytime like it's like nowadays when I see Andy Serkis uh, in things, it's yeah, just right. like, oh yeah, I forgot Andy Serkis is a normal actor. He just doesn't do he doesn't do mocap for everything. So it's like the same <laughs> feeling when I saw Frank Oz. I'm like, huh. Um, <laughs> I was without a Muppet on him. Yeah. Those two old guys remind me of the old Muppets too. By the way. Oh. <laughs> My wife brought that one up. I can see that. Um, so give me a second here. All right, let's go to categories. Okay. Let's go ahead and do our best scene here. Okay. So for best scene, here's what I have. And I have five scenes, but I know there's probably more. So just throw them in there. We have Eddie Murphy getting acquainted with the house, which includes like the whole jacuzzi scene. And we have that scene where he's, they're telling him like, yo, this is your house. And, and he, as he's, he's like, stealing stuff. As he's like putting stuff. Yeah, my house. My house. He's like stealing stuff. Let's watch a little bit of it here real quick. Well, William, what do you think? I like it, Randy. It's very nice. I like the way you got the mirrors and stuff hooked up over there. It's very pretty. I like that. I like that mirror. I don't think he understands, Randolph. Over Monte, I do understand. Uh, I William. Do. Yes. This is your home. Uh-huh. Right. It, it belongs to you. Yeah, all this is mine. I like my home. It's very nice. It has very nice taste in houses. Like Everything it. you see in this room is yours now. Uh-huh. This is my stuff. Your own personal property? Yeah, my own personal shit. You understand? This is mine. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you know what I like most about my place, Randy? The curtains, man. Look at the curtains. It's beautiful the way I got this place set up, man. This is something else. I like it. The cabinets and whatnot. Beautiful. I suppose uh, 
you gonna just give me this TV set for free, Harry? That's that's pretty much it. But he's just taking stuff as he's yeah, it's my it's my place. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He's just taking stuff because it's like too good to be true. Um, another scene I have is the restroom scene where Eddie Murphy's smoking a joint and then finds out what's really going on with the with the two old guys who are he finds out about the bet. Um, here's a weird one: the attempted suicide scene. With a gun doesn't oh. work, but then he throws it and it shoots off. I don't know why it made me laugh. Yeah. It's like five seconds, but it made me laugh. Uh, the train scene. Look, any movie with a train scene is batting 100%. There's never been a bad train scene. I'm just saying. Um, where Eddie Murphy dresses as an exchange student from Cameroon and everyone comes in as character. That's just freaking great. I love that. Let's see. I think I have a clip. Hold on. Let's go to a clip. Here we go. Merry New Year! Happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you for correcting my English with stinks. I am Nanja Ibuko, exchange student from Cameroon. <laughs> okay, if you really like that scene, you definitely need to see coming to America. Hold on. Oh, yeah. There's one scene that I'm going to laugh real quick. <laughs> Best part's coming up. Beef jerky time. <laughs> Beef jerky time. Beef jerky time. Oh, my God. It's so oh, no. That's hilarious. Oh, that's my favorite one. Um... Okay, uh, 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 and the pep talk on the way to the stock exchange, where he's like, "All right, you gotta get ready. All right, you gotta go in there. It's gonna be, it's gonna be hell. You gotta be able to handle it." And by the end of the pep talk, he's like, "What's he say? We're gonna kill the motherfuckers. Kill." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess the ending too, where they're selling the stock and buying it all back and all that fun stuff. So, Yorton, we'll start with you, man. Did I leave anything off? And if so. Um, well, you have my favorite scene in it, so uh, I'll already say that my favorite scene is when they're first telling him, hey, this house is yours. In, predic- in particular, the scene that I like in that is with the whole vase and where he breaks the vase yeah. and he's like, oops, sorry. And they're like, hey, don't worry, we insured that for 50000 so and it's only worth 30000 so you already made us a profit. <laughs> And before that, I like that he's like, oh, if I want to get bubbles back in the pool back where I come from, we had a fart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Um, Jared, what's your pick, man? I have to go with that train scene, man. That was just, like, every time somebody walked in, like, it's just comedy, just fire. That was an SNL sketch they just put in a movie. Yeah, and so, like, it was just, like, golden age SNL skit in a movie. So it's just, like... With three full minutes of just pure laughter. And the audacity that Dan Aykroyd thought he could pull off a black person is just so <laughs> hilarious to me. Because he's like the whitest <laughs> person I've ever met in my life. his accent was so bad. His accent was so it bad. It was terrible. It was like so <laughs> racist. It was funny, actually. <laughs> oh, shit. It was so bad. Uh, it's like... It's up there with the Kira Knightley in terms of bad accents. Oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the train scene as well. I think that's the winner here. Um, let's go to best line. If you guys think I left any off, as always, throw them in there. I got where he's in the jail cell. And he's like, 
But you don't know that because you're a big Barry White looking motherfucker. (laughs) 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 And then there's a line when he's having that party and now he's like, he's noticing everyone's like not treating his house well. And he goes, he stops the music and they look at him. He goes, get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) It just made me laugh. And then uh, he's calling security to get Dan Aykroyd out of his office. He goes, and then it's when Dan Aykroyd pulls a gun on him. He goes, hello, security. Merry Christmas. And hangs up the phone because it's in the <laughs> And then obviously we have beef jerky time. <laughs> Out of nowhere. And then we got, we got to kill the motherfuckers. Kill them. Like he's going to war. He's just going to the, the stock exchange. Um, Yorton, did I leave any out, man? I think you covered the ones that I was thinking about. In What's your particular pick? That made me laugh. The, uh, the security one. Hello, security. Merry he Christmas. Gets on, Hello, security. Merry Christmas. Just the way he said Merry Christmas and particularly made me laugh just because it was like the time done in a funny way for the situation. So yeah. How about you, Jared? I'm, I mean, I loved him all because it's just Eddie Murphy, like, throwing heat. Um, so, I mean, like I said, Eddie Murphy can do no wrong. He's so funny. But, um, Shit, this is a tough one. This is a really tough one. Uh, shoot. Uh, I don't know, man. It's the way that he puts like the oomph on motherfucker. <laughs> the, the stank that he puts on it. Mm-hmm. And I just got to go with let's go kill these motherfuckers. And it's just like there, there are certain people in the world that can just say motherfucker and just like, you know. Uh, he so like obviously he's saying. So, like, Samuel L. Jackson says yeah. it, but, like, Eddie Murphy just, like, he says it a little bit better. And I know I'm probably going to get yelled at for a minute by other people, but no. the way he said it in this movie is just perfect. So Yeah, it's good. I'm um, going to go with that one. I'm going beef jerky time. <laughs> I don't know why it makes me laugh. All it's right. So well, I, I changed it beef jerky time because it's in my favorite scene. <laughs> beef jerky time is the winner. Here we go. All right, MVP of the movie. So here's the deal. MVP is a lit. It, it's like two things combined. It's like who was the best in the movie, also while being the most important, while also like who won the movie. It's like all three of these things combined, right? I have Eddie Murphy for a nominee, and I have John Landis for a nominee. And I, I guess I should add 2020 as a nominee because. <laughs> Or I don't know. I don't know what how, what's the way of me saying how like the relevancy of this movie. I, I guess that, that that ties into John Landis and the fact that he wanted to make this movie with this message. So we have Eddie Murphy, John Landis. Do you guys have any nominees? Uh, no. Considering how much we've talked about Eddie Murphy in this movie, I think it's clear that it's Eddie Murphy. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm with Eddie Murphy, but John Landis definitely, because this is one of his first, like, this was his first, like, 80s comedy movie, and as I, like, ran down his list, he just made, like, a bunch of good comedies, and so, like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to besmirch his name or not give him credit where credit is due, um, so definitely John Landis is up there, but Eddie Murphy just, you know, walking away, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, so shout out Giannis. Well, let's let's go back. Hold up. I'm gonna look at John Landis's IMDb. His he, I guess Animal House was his first big hit. I guess Kentucky Fried Movie. I don't even know what that is. All right. Then he goes to Blues Brothers. Oh, that's two in a row, right? 
And then he gets he get finally gets to make the movie he wants to make, which is American Werewolf in London. So it's three. So he's on a hot streak. And then he goes to Trading Places, Twilight Zone, the movie. Um, then it's just kind of downhill from there. And then Three Amigos, Coming to America, um, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Not the first two, weird. And then it goes downhill. But, oh, he did the TV show of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, like an episode. Oh, come on, man. Um I mean, he also directed the thriller video. Give him he some did. credit he there. Did. You're right. I'm looking at that now. Um, what else? I'm not, I'm going further on now. I'm going to see what else he did. He does a lot more TV. He, uh, oh man, I'm trying to find something worth mentioning, like Psych, I guess. Um, all right. Well, this career ended after that last good movie, but I mean, he had a he had a good run for a while, so he's up there. Um, I'm going to go Eddie Murphy as well. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a competition. It's pretty clear he's the winner of this movie. Oh, yeah. Shout out Carphones. <laughs> shout out Carphones. Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, what's your shout out? This is going to be a completely random one that I saw all in the movie. But in the newspaper, there was an uh, ad for the Apple II. So shout out Apple II. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's a nice Oh, one. my cool. gosh. Cool. How about you, Jared? Just because I love seeing it on the ad there, the old Apple II computer. No, I, I like, again, I got to shout out Frank Oz. Like, I was so, like, because, again, I had to, like, pause the movie and look it up on IMDb. And I'm like, that guy looks familiar. <laughs> And it's like I said, I was talking earlier. It's like the Andy Circus thing. Like when I see Andy Circus, I'm like, "Wait, is that Andy Circus?" <laughs> and so it's like, "Wait, is that Frank Oz?" And so no, it's just shout out because I love to see like when people are like casting roles like always for their career. So like Frank Oz doing puppeteering, um, and then you know Andy Circus doing mocap to see them their actual human selves in a role. So I always shout out that and. Of course, Gus Fring as well, Giancarlo Esposito. I mean, he he was in 15 seconds of the movie. We'll shout him out. I was like, hey, I saw you. But yeah. No, but but still, still, just shout out Giancarlo. Love, love some Gus Fring. Nice. Um, okay, I don't have any questions. I mean, I kind of do, but I don't. I, I could spend a whole 20 minutes of someone trying to break down the last scene where they're going through the stock exchange <laughs> stuff. But I get the gist of it. I couldn't tell you the details of what they were doing, but I get the gist of it. I don't have any questions. Do you guys have any questions over this movie? Oh, no questions for me. Pretty straightforward, right? I thought it was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yep. All right, Jared, why don't you go ahead and do it. hit us with the trivia, man. All right, trivia. This one is actually pretty good. Let me bring it up. <clears throat> so in 2010, as a part of Wall Street Transparency and Accountability Act, which was regulated regulate financial markets a rule was included which barred anyone from using secret inside information to corner markets you know what the duke brothers did in this movie but the actual rule is titled the eddie murphy rule because this movie inspired the rule nice and so the other like another big part of trivia is gene wilder and richard pryor were originally tapped to be the two lead roles Mm -hmm. Because again, they were just like this, they did always. They did all the comedies, but Richard Pryor bowed out, so Eddie Murphy came in. But then Eddie Murphy campaigned to get Gene Wilder replaced because he didn't want to be known as another Richard Pryor. So they replaced Gene Wilder with Dan Aykroyd. I think Bill Murray would have been better. 
I mean, that's that's you. Bill that's Murray. Like, He'd been better in anything. I think this is like a completely different. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, keep going. I don't know about that one. <laughs> so, um, apparently, uh, the studio Paramount did not want Jamie Lee Curtis because she was only known for horror movies at the time. But John Landis was really pushing hard for Jamie Lee Curtis to be in this role. And so, obviously, John Landis won out. But it was just so funny. Like, Paramount was just like, no, we don't want her. We don't We don't want her in this movie. And it's just like, like when somebody, like, it's just hard to fathom somebody saying no to Jamie Lee Curtis now. And so, I mean, obviously, this is many, many years later. But it's just like, to th- even think about that, it's just hilarious. She was in a, it was a very eye-opening experience. That's what I'll Yes. Say. Uh, another very good piece of trivia. Um, we noticed at times that Eddie Murphy broke the fourth wall by staring at, <laughs> staring into the camera. Yes, Apparently, yes. I didn't know that's John Landis' thing. In every single movie, he has his main character all break the fourth wall throughout the movie, oh, like yeah. staring the camera. Whenever they make good points or something, or yeah, really Obvious like points, something yeah. they talk like, down to him. Yeah, and stupid. so like, yeah, no, and it's just like I didn't like. Obviously, we talk about all these John Landis movies, and we've seen like. Jordan and I have seen Coming to America, and we talk about, like, that's one of our favorite comedies ever, and it's just, like, I just thought that was a part of the movie, and then I've seen, like, Three Amigos, I thought that was just a part of the movie, then I've seen Spies Like Us, again, thought that was part of the movie, Animal House, same thing, and then, so now when I'm reading the trivia, I'm like, huh, yeah, okay, and then it was like, yeah, that's, that's, uh, John Landis' thing. (laughs) All right, you have more, or you want to go to the game? Oh, let's do it. All right, here we go. Game time. <clears throat> Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Oh, there we go. All right. Um, Who won last week? Jared did, correct? Yeah, because we did the fan vote. Oh, shit. You know what I haven't done? I haven't updated the scores. Um, actually, I would have needed to. Did I? Yeah, we would have because we did go to fan, uh, fan vote, like you said. So give me a second here. I'm pulling up the very sacred document called Rotten Tomatoes Game. And right now, I think it's 7 to 4. Jared's winning 7 to 4 over Yorton. So, Yorton, you go first. What do you think this movie got? I am going to go for solid 85 on this. Okay. 85. Damn. Jared, what's your counter? I wanted that. Ah, shit. I gotta, uh, oh, man. I got to lowball you. I got to go 84. I'm sorry. You went the wrong way, buddy. It's 87. You went the wrong way. Oh no, I wanted 85. I was gonna say 85 he said it, so I'm like, I uh It was 87. And um the fans the fan, um oh, God. The audience score was eighty four, so you guys are just it's just everyone loves this movie. Nothing to oh. say. Um no really hot takes. Um Roger Ebert said this this is good comedy. It's especially good because it doesn't stop with sitcom manipulations of its idea, and it doesn't go only for the obvious points about racial prejudice in America. Instead, it develops the quirks and peculiar, ugh, peculiarities of its characters so that they're funny because of who they are. 
But what's most visible in the movie is the engaging acting. Murphy and Aykroyd are perfect foils for each other. And I agree completely with that one. Um, I think he gave it three out of four stars. Actually, I forgot to look. Let me. This is important. We got to look it up. Roger Ebert trading places. It got three and a half out of four stars. Okay, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, I would say so. Yorton, would you recommend this movie? Oh yes, I definitely recommend this movie. And this is a older '80s movie that I feel like even people like younger audience would enjoy and everything even if they didn't grow, grow up around the 80s times because sometimes when you get these movies it's hard for them to uh, enjoy and understand this movie but or the, that time period just because of mm-hmm. quirks and stuff like that but i feel like anyone can enjoy and understand and get the message with this movie i think it holds up um jared yeah and then um yes i recommend it and to piggyback off of Orton and then it even explains the things that you don't necessarily get like because it goes into a lot of like the Wall Street trading stuff and they do a very good job of explaining everything I like I always say like with the Adam McKay movie they take these high concepts and just break them down to make it easier to understand because I mean stuff that I'm not saying that we're like you know dumb or things like that we're just ignorant to it and like that stuff doesn't fascinate us so we don't really care to pay attention to it but they do a good job like breaking it down does it fit in your is it in our hall of fame yes Jordan. yeah i'll put it in my hall of fame there my vote doesn't matter it's in this was a movie that in particular i watched several times back when it would air on comedy central i mean you get two snl stars just being funny you know it's hard and it's eddie one of them's eddie murphy so it's like and directed by john landis you're it's it's going to be very rewatchable you know so yeah i mean like i said this was the first time i ever watched it i picked it because again eddie murphy dan Aykroyd, i like john landis i like so i'm like wow i have not seen this movie um so let me watch it and yeah no it's definitely up there in rewatchability for me it's funny i mean just eddie murphy telling those jokes um just the train scene alone is just mm. rewatchable. So that's the most rewatchable a, scene for sure. Yeah, it's just it's to me, yeah, it's just rewatchable. It's good. Obviously we all three of us will recommend it. So So here's what I got. We got The Matrix, The Sum of All Fears, Almost Famous, Armageddon, Double Dragon, and Trading Places. That's our list. <laughs> One of these that things is quite not like the other. You're right. Double Dragon's above all of them. Um, okay, so we're going to go ahead and move on. Um, Yorton, what are we watching next week? We're watching, I'm sort of going to go into what Jared did, where it's a movie that I've always been interested in seeing, but haven't seen. And I am going to go with The Last Starfighter. Oh my God, that was on my list of movies to pick. I'm so glad you picked it. <laughs> I've never seen it either. Okay. Okay, yeah. I've never yeah. seen it. Seriously, it was, yeah. it was a and finalist I've heard, for like, me. A couple of reviewers that I enjoy, they're like, this is a great movie. So now I'm just curious. I'm like, I never had forced myself to sit down and watch it. But I felt like, you know what? This is a good time to pull it up and be like, oh, let's watch this. The writer of that movie, has he just refuses to sell the rights to anybody. He, I mean, Steven Spielberg has like, come to him asking for, you know, can I have the rights to remake this movie? Um Seth, what's his name? The fat guy from Knocked Up. 
Rogan. Seth Rogan has approached him about making a, a reboot, and the guy's like, no, I'm not doing it. So, like, he's just, he's like, the, my movie stands. So, I'm very excited to see this, because it was like, God, I really want to watch this movie. I really hope Yorton picks it, and Yorton picked it. <laughs> I'm so happy. Um, oh, I'm excited for next week. That'll be fun. It's either going to be really <laughs> terrible or really good. Like, Yeah, that's how I, I swear. Either I'm going to really enjoy Twitter, I'm like, what, what was all this hype for? Yeah. So I'm should be an I'm interesting look- podcast next week. I'm looking at the movies that are more like this. Because, you know, if you go to an IDDB, they say there's some movies more like this. Mm-hmm. And so the movies that are referenced more like this is The Beastmaster and Flash Gordon. So <laughs> I think I know what we're getting into. I was, I'm just worried it's going to be like Tron. All the hype and all, you watching it going, I'm, I'm so bored. Yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. That's another commentary for a different time, but agreed, Ray. Same. Um, but I'm excited for it. Oh, cool. So next time you hear us, we will be talking about the last Starfighter. Um, so I was, I guess, we'll, we'll uh, listeners, you'll check back with us next week on a Monday. Until then, we will see you later. Bye.